Hey, this is Jason Robinson, the senior pastor at Church of the King, and I am so pumped up that you are hanging out with us today on our podcast. I pray that God really speaks to you today and that you are inspired and encouraged to take on this life for Jesus. I want to encourage you to go on over to our website at cotk.org so you can keep up to date with everything going on. But you can only learn so much through a website and a podcast. Man, we'd love to meet you. Man, come check us out on one of our weekend services. Uh, You can see all of that online as well. So God bless you, and I hope this word ministers to you today. Oh, man, I am excited to be with y'all. My name's Jason Robinson. I'm the pastor here at the church. My wife and I, we get the privilege of being the senior pastors uh, here. I'd like to talk to you today simply uh, titled, Enlarge Your House. Enlarge your house. Let me read that scripture one more time. Isaiah 54, verses two and three. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home and spare no expense. For you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettled the ruined cities. Enlarge your house. Enlarge your house. Build an addition. You know, I've learned something in life. It's crazy how things fill up whenever you make space for it. Um, I, was, I was looking at some, I was just interested in this. Do you know that, that the storage industry brings in a reported $51 billion a year? You know why? Because we don't know where to put our stuff. I remember when I first got married, when I first got married, I remember we moved into a one bedroom apartment. And we moved into this one-bedroom apartment, and I was like, Where? we don't have any stuff to put in here. Come on, I was in love, but I was poor. You know what I'm saying? Anybody know what I'm talking? Nobody knows what I'm talking about. All right, anyway, so, and then we moved into a double, and it's amazing how this double, all of a sudden, by the time we moved, everything filled up, and we didn't have enough room. Then we moved from this double to this house, 1,650 square feet. Come on, we were moving on up, baby. And before we know it, within a year or two, I didn't know where to put all the stuff. No matter how big the house, we, we, bigger house we moved to, that we filled it up with all kinds of junk. And then, then we moved into a little larger house. And then we moved to Texas. And y'all have a saying around here. Everything is. And by the way, it's true. It's true. The food portions are bigger. Come on, the, the, the traffic is bigger. Other things are getting bigger from being here in Texas a little too long. So I move into a house, a house that's larger than I, I thought we'd ever have in here. You know, it's, it was just a, a great house that God blessed us with. And I remember when we first moved in, I was like, man, how, how are we going to get all this stuff filled? If you come to my house right now, it looks like Sanford and Son on the second story right now. For you that do not know who Sanford and Son is, go to YouTube and bless yourself this evening, all right, with a little Sanford and Son. Come on, Elizabeth, I'm coming. How many of y'all remember Sanford and Son? Anybody remember Sanford and Son in the house of God? All right. So no matter how much we expand, it, it keeps getting filled with things. Do you know there's a principle in the Bible that talks about as we enlarge our faith, God fills it with his blessing, his purpose, with his power. It's a principle all throughout scripture that says that. It talks all about it. We actually have several examples that we see. We see when Solomon built the temple. When Solomon built the temple, what Bible says when he was done building the temple and he said a prayer, the glory of God came and filled the house that they had just built. It filled the temple. We see that. 
in Scripture. I have a few other examples just so you you know. In 2 Kings 4, I've preached about this before, where Elisha, he told the widow who was was, uh, in trouble, she was about to lose everything she had, and he said, have your sons go and get some jars, get as many as you can, and they'll be filled up today. And so he got all the jars and oil began to fill up the jars. And there's this key scripture that says, as oil filled up the jars, as he poured oil, it just kept pouring and kept pouring. And he told him, now go sell all the oil and pay off all your debt. Now, here's the interesting thing in that story. At the very end, it said, and after the last vessel was filled, the oil stopped. And so I often wondered, I wonder if there was more vessels out there. They could have enlarged even more because as a principle, as we enlarge our faith, God fills it with his, with his power. We see in Mark chapter five that Jesus said this, says this multiple times all throughout scripture where he says, it's by your faith you've been made whole. Okay, it's by the faith because now you believe it, you've expanded your faith, and because you've expanded your faith to believe, I'm gonna fill it up. It's a principle we see all throughout Scripture. Today, I want to take a, a few moments with us today, and, and my hope and my prayer is I want, I want to see you enlarge your faith this morning. I see enlarge your expectation for what God has for you, has for us as a spiritual family moving forward. By the way, I want to make sure I, I make this announcement before I forget. Next week, all right, just like a pastor, you know, as he's preaching this week, he's promoting next week, you know, just like a pastor. But I don't want you to miss next week. I'll tell you why. You have a special, special, special treat. How many of you guys have been coming to Church of the King or just over the last year? Who's been coming to church over the, over the last year? Okay, okay. Several of you guys all there over the last year. So here's the deal. Um, I meant just the last year. I didn't make that clear. I'm sorry for all, all, all you people out there to get that. My pastor will be here next, next week to preach. Uh, pastor Steve Robinson, same last name, but we're not related, okay? He'll be here next week, and trust me, you're not going to, don't, don't be one of those, oh, it's not Pastor Jay, so I'm not going to go. Trust me, you're going to love my pastor, Pastor Steve. He's a phenomenal communicator. Honestly, a lot of the things you see here, a lot of the things that, I, that, that we do here, I, I learned from him. So I was under him for 20 years, still under him. He oversees our church, oversees me. You do not want to miss next week. You're going to love my pastor, I promise you. So if you ever wonder, and I talk about being submitted to people, and, and I, have my, I have a pastor. If you want to know who that is, that's next week. And so he loves to come, one, he comes once a year, and he loves to, uh, to meet you guys. But my goal today is to see us expand. I want you to know we're standing in front of, a, as a church, a great opportunity we're really coming into a, a, a moment here as, as a church. And when I say moment, I don't say moment because we'll be moving into the, a building in the near future. That's part of it, but that's only just a small part of it. We're coming into a moment as, as man, there's so much just momentum that's coming in our church. Do you know that most attendances go down during the summertime like crazy? Our attendance is starting to tick up during the, during the summertime. Uh, Man, this is crazy. Uh, this past Wednesday at our youth service at the movement, why we keep pushing it, you know, we had 85 people there at youth on, on, on Wednesday just blowing out the, we're pulling chairs from the other room to get it into the, the sanctuary there and start, and, and just, it's just amazing what God's doing. And next week, uh, we'll be promoting, we'll be kicking off in a couple weeks, one of the great things we do in July, Camp King's Kids. You know, we don't, we, don't, we don't have a place yet where we send kids off to kids' camp, so we decide we're going to bring kids' camp here. And so we're doing King, King's cat, King, Camp King's Kids 
uh, all July. It's just going to be amazing. And, uh, and, you know, we're already looking at, okay, how do we expand our room, pull these curtains back more coming into the fall? Because we know we're at a moment that we're not going to wait, man. The Bible says that the harvest, look right now, the harvest is ripe right now. So let's just jump on right now. Let's see people come to Christ right now. Why wait? Let's see the lonely find family right now. Why, why? Let's just keep going, believe in God for a great thing. Let's enlarge our, our, our faith. But I've also seen that we have to enlarge, watch this, enlarge internally before we see it externally. Okay, I'm going to explain that in just a moment. But as I've, as I've studied this and I've prayed about this and getting ready and God's challenging me in it, I want to challenge you and challenge us to just simply, what is the thing God's enlarging for us internally so that we can see what God wants to do externally? And I just, three areas. I had three areas to, to, to enlarge that I can just sense that God's enlarging in all of us. The first area that I have here that I see God enlarging is our thinking. He's enlarging our thinking. I just wrote this down and said, thinking, think differently to do things differently. We have to think differently to do things differently. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think in your heart, that's so are you. That's, that's where you really are. That's where the scripture, where it said, by your faith, you've been made whole, where Jesus is saying that. Why is it important on how you think? I've read great books out there. I've read great books that, that, that talk about thinking. There's one great book by John Maxwell that says, thinking for a change. That what's the difference between people who succeed and people who don't? What's the difference between people who go through the same scenarios, the same trials, the same tribulations, but one person, he grows through it, and the other person, it puts a cap on their life. It's the way they see it. It's the way they think about something. Why is it important? So as you think in your heart, so are you. Why that is that important? Because students, if you're here, and if all you think, if you think the most important thing in life is for you to be popular in school or you to be accepted in school, then you will, you will let go of all your convictions so that you may have that. Because as you think in your heart, so, so are you. Dads, if you're out there and the only thing that you really think is my only job is to financially provide for my family, that's really it. As the provider, that's all I'm supposed to do. Maybe that's all you know, and that's all you've been taught. And so, man, if that's all you know and all you've been taught, then, man, let, me, let us help you, man. Let us help you grow and enlarge that. But if that's all you think, then that's all you'll do. If you're a lady out there and you think what others think about you is the most important thing out there other than what God says and your family and the people that love you say about you, and that's all that matters to you, what everybody else thinks, then guess what? If that's the way you think, then that's all you'll do. You adjust all your life because as you think in your heart, so are, are you. The whole time Jesus was on the earth, he was enlarging people's thinking. He was. In Matthew chapter 5, you'll see all throughout this, the chapter in the Sermon on the Mount, where he's given the greatest sermon ever spoken. And he says this a lot. You have heard it said. And then he would say a few things. He'd say, but I say to you. In other words, he said, you've heard it said this, so you think this. But I'm going to tell you something else. I'm going to tell you something you didn't know, and you're going to think differently so you can start living life differently. God wants to expand our our, our thinking. Let me give you one for example, Matthew 5, verses 43 and 44. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor 
and hate your enemy. Say, hey, you've heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I say, let me change your thinking on this. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I believe God wants to enlarge who you are and what you see. You have heard it said, this is what I want for my children. But I want to challenge and say to you, let's change that thinking and say, you know what? I'll, what does God want for my children? Because whatever God wants for my children is what's going to help them flourish the most. They'll be the safest in the world. I remember somebody telling me once before, said, I don't want my kids to go to some crazy country where they're killing Christians and stuff like that. And then our missionary heard it, heard said this, said, you know what? If he goes there, they'll be in the safest place on the planet Earth right there because they're in the center of, will, of, of the will of God. And they didn't want to hear that. Sometimes I don't always either. You know, but, but, but it, it bad. You have heard it said, I have to go to work and school tomorrow. But I would say to you, let's change our thinking to change what we do, how we think. Tomorrow, I'm going to the mission field God's called me to. Remember one time I, we had a great summer. I was a youth pastor. And this 15-year-old girl, she came up to me and she had a hard time at school the year before. And she came up to me and she said, Pastor Jason, school starts tomorrow and I don't want to go. I just hate that place and it all devils all over the place. People can't stand it. And I don't want to go to school. I don't want to school. I said, and I remember it was just the God that, that brought this because it, it just came up out of nowhere. I said, well, you're not going to school tomorrow. You're going to your mission field tomorrow. So quit looking at it as your school and start looking at it as your mission field. Now, you still got to do make good grades, okay? Let me just qualify for a second. It's like, Dad, I'm making D's, but I'm making a difference for Jesus. Like, that's great, but you're going to college because you ain't living in my house much longer, right? You understand? So, so let me get, clarify real quick, okay? That, but, but it, it began to shift things. They started to see something different. Started, their thinking began to enlarge. You've heard it said, you've heard it said, Things are getting hard. What am I doing wrong? But I would say to you, let me help you with your thinking. Things are getting hard, so you must be doing something right. Let me hang right there for a second. You know why? Because many of us, when things get hard and difficulty comes our way, we look at and we say, things are hard. Things are hard. I'm doing something wrong. I must be doing something wrong here. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes when things aren't going well, I need to take an inventory of my life, of what I'm doing and what I'm thinking and what's going on in my life. But do you know that we have an enemy? We have an adversary. The devil's our adversary. And if you're walking alongside with him, you ain't going to have no problems whatsoever. But when you make a decision and you turn around and we're like, you know, we're going to buy some property, we're going to build a building, and we're going to be a beacon of hope to a city that's dying and lost and they need Christ, guess what? The enemy's not going to go, oh, that's a good idea. Come on in. We're going to have some challenges. We're going to have some difficulty. I remember a little over a year ago when we all made our, our financial commitments for the facility moving into, all of a sudden over the next couple months, people start coming up to me man, our, my finances were in trouble. I lost my job and all these different things and they're struggling. They're like, my goodness, I make this big commitment to it. And, and, and then all of a sudden, all this stuff goes, what am I doing wrong? The, the real thing is, it ain't, it's not what you're doing wrong. It's what we're doing right. We said, we're going to make a difference with our life. We're going to make a difference with our church. We're going to make a difference with our family. And then difficulties come in. But here's the thing, no matter how difficult you may be walking, 
in, in what you may be facing, I want you to know you and God is a majority no matter what you're facing. No matter what you're facing, no matter what may be trying to bully your thinking out there, what's trying to bring that stress and bully those thoughts, that you and God are a majority no matter what's coming your way. So first thing, expand our, our thinking. Expand what, what we see. Enlarge what we think from our way to God's way and enlarge our thinking and first that, secondly, enlarge our, our heart. See the scripture and enlarging our, our heart. There's this interesting thing where Jesus was coming into Jerusalem in Matthew chapter nine and it showed his heart in that moment. And this is what it says in verse 36. When he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. When Jesus saw the crowds, he became compassionate because they were confused and helpless. When Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion. What do we do when we see the crowds? Man, listen, moving to the fourth largest city in America, I've learned something quick. There's crowds everywhere. I don't know about you. When's the last time you went somewhere and there was a long line and you had compassion in the line? When's the last time at 630 in the morning trying to get to work on time and you're hitting all that traffic on I-10 and you see the crowds and just like Jesus, you were moved with compassion. Now, maybe you weren't moved with compassion, but maybe you were the other part where they all look confused and helpless to you. Maybe you thought that everybody in this city confused and helpless and can't drive. All right. We, we avoid, our, and let me tell you, I avoid it too as well. But I want to give you some homework this week. I want to give you some homework. Maybe this week, when you stop at a red light somewhere, I want you to take a moment. And through all the hustle and bustle, the radio, all these things going on, podcasts, whatever you're listening to, I want you to stop. And I want you to look around at the people in those cars. Look around. Because here's something that, that I've learned, that when we're in a large city with a lot going on, that the crowd becomes an inconvenience. The crowd can become a nuisance. But, but this is what I want you to, here's your homework. When you stop somewhere, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's gonna remind you and something's gonna hit you this week. And when that does, I want you to just look around. And I want you to look inside those cars. Now, don't be creepy about it. To kind of scan around real quick. Every person in that car has a story. Every one of them has a story. And every one of them have a hurt and a pain. And every one of them, whether they're lost or whether they know Christ, they need Jesus. Because if you haven't learned yet, I'm serving Jesus and I'm a Christian and I still need him every single day. Every day. To expand our heart. Expand our heart. Expand our heart for people that are lost, people who are hurting, people that don't know, know Jesus. Can I tell you what's going to happen? Our church is going to continue to grow. I look around and I see some of the people in that church, and some of you were with us from day one. Some of you were with us before day one, before we got started. And you've seen the growth. I met with a gentleman today, this past week, and, and he was like, well, I'll tell you, man, every time I come around, just more and more people that, that I don't know. Can, can I tell you what's going to happen one day? One day you're going to come to church and someone's going to be sitting where you normally sit. They are. You know, I know 
when you miss church. You want to know why I know when you miss church? Because I know where you all sit. I'm looking at Nathan and Becky on the second row. They always are right here. If y'all were back there, I would text you later and say, why weren't y'all at church? One day you're going to come to church and somebody's going to be sitting in your seat and you're going to go up to them and you're going to think to yourself, the Lord told me you must be confused and helpless. (laughs) And as we continue to grow and reach more people and build more people and help more people become more like Christ and and see our kids be raised up in the power of God, the Holy Spirit to come into the place and we sense God's presence more than anything else. You know, can I tell you something? We don't focus on building a big church. We don't. We don't. We focus on building an environment where the presence of God wants to come and rest in. That's what we do. We we focus on building an environment where you can come and feel comfortable to worship the Lord in your way and hear a word that's, that's powerful but relevant to your life. We focus on your kids just being captured by the love of God. We don't want them to have to come to church. We want them, they can't wait to come to church. We want to build build a student ministry where where kids are just being captured and they feel in the call of God for maybe it's business or politics or whatever it may be, or maybe ministry in their life, whatever it is. We want to build an environment that builds people. For all of you in here, man, we want you, men, I want you to be a man of God and growing. And have other men of God that you can do life with. Ladies, I don't want you to feel alone. I want you to feel loved and cherished and dignity. And we want us to stand with you no matter what's going on in life. And if you do that long enough, guess what? The church is going to grow. Why? Because there's hurting lost people out there. We first started the church. The Lord told me two things. He said, it just spoke deeply to my heart. And I wrote it in my journal and it just said, the people that don't know me are going to know me. And the lonely are going to find family. The spiritual lonely are going to find a spiritual family here. You build an environment like that, it's going to continue to grow. Now, when it grows, will it be an inconvenience? (laughs) Or will we have hearts of compassion? Man, wow. People's stories. What's going on? Wow, people. God's doing some things. Can I tell you what I love? I love hearing the stories of what is people's lives and what God's doing in, in your life. In a mind. I remember when I first drove around, we were actually driving when we were praying about where to go start a church. My wife and I, we had several people say, hey, why don't you try out San Antonio? So my wife and I drove through Houston and then Katie to get to San Antonio. And uh, both times we went there, we knew it wasn't the Lord, great city, um, but just wasn't, wasn't for us. And I'll tell you, the first time I drove through Houston, I looked at my wife, and now Houston wasn't even on the radar. And I drove through it, and I looked at Stephanie, and I said, well, I'll tell you one thing. We ain't coming here. <laughs> Note to all of you, don't tell God what you absolutely will not do. <laughs> it's almost like he revels in that. He's like, oh, really? Well, I got a little detour for you. So, so let's practice, church. Lord, we will not all go plant a church in Hawaii. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it, Lord. On the beach, we're not doing it. See if it works. All right, anyway, so... <laughs> no, I'm just messing. I'm just playing. So, it, but I remember thinking, man, we're not planting a church here. This is all these people all over the place. And I remember when I, when I started, God started drawing me to, towards Houston. Then I'm like, okay, well, 
Okay, well, let's, let's look at Houston. And then you look at Houston, and it's like, okay, there's Houston. And then there's Spring. Then there's Bel Air. And then there's Memorial City. Then there's Katy. And is it? My gosh. Houston, like, it's big. It's like, so now when you get here and, 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 and you, don't, you talk to somebody outside of the city and they say, oh, I'm from Houston, you're like, okay, where are you really from? And then they'll tell you, oh, I'm from, oh, oh, I'm from Spring. Oh, okay, well, I know where that is. Because when you say you're from Houston, that can mean anything whatsoever. And I'm, it's just so huge, it's so big, it's, so, I mean, it's massive. I mean, I grew up in Louisiana, 4.5 million people in Louisiana. Right next to Mississippi, 2.5 million people. There is more people, or right around the same amount of people in this city than there was in the two states combined, attendance-wise. That many people. That's how big it is. I mean, this place is big. We ain't coming here. But then as I kept driving through and we kept praying and God kept drawing us back, the city became smaller and smaller and smaller. What do you mean? It wasn't that the city was getting smaller. It's that our heart was getting bigger for the city. Let me help you understand a little bit more, especially for your parents out there. Remember when you had your first child? You have your first child. And when you have your first child, I had heard someone say this, having children is like taking a piece of your heart and putting it out in front of you, putting flesh around it, and it walks around, lives life in front of you. I love that I didn't understand. I love my wife, but it's, it's just, it was different. I didn't understand it. I remember when I had, had, had my oldest daughter, Mia, and, and just my heart was so, I loved her so much. And then we're pregnant again, and when Stephanie got pregnant again for my, for my son, I remember thinking, am I going to be able to love, because I feel like they have all my love. I mean, how are we going to do this again? And then next thing you know, he has all my love too. Then Ella has all my love. And then, and then Elise has all my love. What happened? Parents, you understand what I'm about to say. It wasn't that. I, I used to think you only had so much amount of love. But what happened? My heart, it expanded and enlarged. That I had more capacity to love. As God's stretching us as a church, once it's stretched away, we see things. Hey, open your eyes for the harvest is around. Look, it's, it's white. It's right in front of us. He wants to enlarge our heart, man, to see people all around us. It's easy with the crowds all around to get jaded with people as opposed to getting softer and more compassionate with people. He wants to enlarge us. So he wants to enlarge our thinking, enlarge our heart, and finally this, enlarge our leaders. Enlarge our leaders. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense. Now, here's an interesting thing. When Jesus saw the crowds in verse 36, he had compassion for them because they were sheep without a shepherd. Next scripture. So he looks at his disciples. So Jesus, looking out, has compassion on all the crowds. And so what does he decide to do? He looks back at his disciples, and here is his strategy. Here's the first thing that comes out of his mouth over the harvest and being compassionate and his heart being moved. And it's, it's this says, so set, he looks to his disciples and says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Compassionate for the crowd, first thing he does is he turns and he tells his leaders to pray for more 
leaders. Vision, watch this in a church. Vision sets the future. Reach people, build people, keep reaching, keep building, keep growing, keep enlarging to expand the kingdom of God. We want to plunder hell and populate heaven. And we want to build people up to be, the, be what they're called to be, what God's called them to be, so they can rise up and bring the kingdom forth in every sphere, in every influential area in life. That's what we want to be. That's our vision. We want to set the vision. Vision sets the future. It's important. Finances fuel the future. It's important if you don't have the proper finances behind it. By the way, we have a generous church. You guys are so generous. Unbelievable. I I could just brag on you all the time on how generous we are as a church. Y'all's generosity has put us in a position to have a home. Vision sets the future. Finances fuel the future. Leaders carry vision. Leaders carry the vision. That we're about reaching people and building lives. I met with a couple this week. We're we're, we're revamping our website and getting some things real current and up to date and trying to make it cutting edge because it's amazing. Everybody visits us online before they visit us physically. And they'll check out several things. I have not had a single class where people didn't come uh, for one of our next steps getting involved classes and then not say, we went online, we checked you out, make sure y'all weren't really weird. You were, but she was cool, so we decided to come anyway. No, I didn't say that. But Hey, everything, and then we watch a bunch of your message, not a single person. So we're doing all that, getting ready. And as I'm talking to that person, they say, what kind of marketing y'all doing? And I was like, um, I don't want to tell you. Oh, what kind of marketing y'all do? None. You know how marketing is? Let's build a house that people are excited to come to. In the presence of God, where people are impacted by God's power. And the greatest flyer you'll ever have is somebody else saying, come check out my church. You'll love it. You're going to love this. And that's what's happened. It's a, leaders carry, it carries the vision. They carry it. They, they carry what God has set, set for us. The biggest, the biggest thing that keeps us from future enlarging is current comfort. The biggest thing that keeps us, Jack Hayford, great man of God, a father in the faith, just amazing man of God. The college, the Bible college I go to, he's the one who started it. I was in conversation with them one day, uh, just had an opportunity to go to their school and, and, and learn from them. And we were talking and he said, he said, Jason, let me tell you something. The number one thing that always st- is stopping the new move of God is the old move of God. Wow. I thought he was going to say like the devil or something. The thing that's stopping the new move is always the old move. And so the thing that will stop us from enlarging is holding on to our current comforts. Because, man, there, we know this world needs Jesus. We know this world needs Jesus. Enlarge our thinking, God. Enlarge our hearts. And enlarge, enlarge our leaders, God. Man, as we go throughout the summertime and get close to the fall, I want to encourage you to get in the game. Get in the game. Coming in July, you'll be hearing about us doing uh, our, our growth track or our, ne- our next steps is what we call it. That's an opportunity for you to get involved. Some of you, you've been thinking about, man, I need to get back in small group ministry. I need to host one. I need to lead one. Some of you are thinking, man, I don't, I don't know about, man, give us an opportunity to help equip you, to help you lead, 
Well, what if I don't really know? I'll never forget this great story. There was this, this, this guy that, that uh, Pastor Steve Merle, who shares this story about this great revival that was going on. And these teenagers were getting saved. And these college students were getting saved. And this one college student, he gave his heart to Christ. And he went up to him. He said, Pastor Steve, Pastor Steve, what do I need to do? He said, okay, I want you to do this. I want you to go to Book of John, and I want, to, want you to read chapters 1 through 7, okay? Okay, so I don't know what that is. So he grabs a book, in the Bible, and he shows them, and he lays it all out there. He goes, I want you to read this. He goes, oh, okay, I will. The next night, they have another service. Someone else comes and gives their hearts to Christ. And as he gives his heart to Christ, he needed somebody to talk to him. And he looked at the guy who had just given their heart to Christ the night before, and they were seven chapters in. And he said, hey, I need you to talk to him about his decision. And he goes, uh, I just made mine last night. What could I possibly tell him? I'll never forget this. Pastor Steve looked at him and said, did you read those seven chapters I told you to? He said, yes. He goes, well, you're seven chapters ahead of him. Tell him about the seven chapters you read. Well, when I have this degree in theology, then I'll come. And when the glory of the Lord shines upon me and my hair turns white and the glory's with me, then I will step forth and say, come here, my son. I have something to teach you. Just be a few chapters ahead. Keep, hey, I'm learning too. I'm growing too. In that same, in that same, before I, let me finish this thought. On your connection card, we make sure everybody has one on their chair now. You can, you can put your name on there, and on the back, one of the things you can put on there is small group leader training. Throughout the summer, we'll be doing some different classes, some small group leader training. I'm telling you, man, listen. Hey, let's enlarge our faith, enlarge our heart, enlarge our mind, enlarge our leaders. Because can I tell you one of the biggest things that, that, that I'm like, man, I, I know we got to have is there's another principle in the Bible. It says this, it says, God won't give you more if you don't take care of what you have now. And so can I tell you, as we grow, man, I want to make sure we have the leaders so that we can take care of the people around us that God gives us. Because we do want to reach people, but we want to help build lives. Remember, that's part of our vision here. I understand anytime you talk about enlarging, anytime you talk about expanding, anytime you talk about that, it it makes you think some things. It makes you reconsider some things. It makes you, it jolts some things. But I go back to my time in, in Bible college and I'll never forget this year. There's several moments that just, man, so vivid. And one was this, my communications class, my pre preaching class, going through how you, how you preach the word of God and how do you do it exegetically, all these, going through the whole thing. Got up there and I heard this several times at different pastors' conference I've gone to and they said this, to, uh, to, to people like me, preachers, said, until you realize that everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus and everything in the New Testament points back to Jesus. And until you understand that the central figure of the Bible is Jesus, you are unqualified to preach the gospel, is what they told us. Heard that several times. Why is that important? Because the central figure of all this is Jesus. Because I think we've got to be careful because what we can do and sometimes what's even been taught out there 
is that we think the central figure of the Bible is us. That everything points to me and everything else points to me and everything New Testament points to me. Now, don't get me wrong. When you, God created us, when you follow what God says, then you will have, you, God will bless you. God will just make impact. I mean, your life will be, but you'll have a lot. You'll have the greatest life you'll ever, I promise you. May not be easy, but I promise you, full of power, full of God's faith, full of that. But it's the central figure. Why is that important? Because let, here's another thought. Here's another thing to think, just to wrap your mind around as we close out today. That we don't look at things as this is my story. Jason Robinson's life is my story and I add God to it. This is a major shift for some. All of this, it's the story about Jesus. And I see how I can add my life to it and how I can align my life up to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I say, God, tell me what you want me to do. Tell me what you want me to give. Tell me what, I know it's comfortable over here. I know it's easy, but God, I, I've got to enlarge for your kingdom's sake, God. Whatever, this is all about you. And where you're coming back one day for your people without a spot, without wrinkle, with all that. And, and how can I be a part of that? How can I be called, part of a, a lost and dying world? God, where do you want me to go? You want me to go to Katie? Fine, we'll go. God, you want me to go where? Okay, we'll go. You want me to start a small group? I don't know if I really have time, all that, I'll, but I'll figure it out, God. I'll figure it out. Why? Why? Because we know this world needs Jesus. I don't want to be a church that's a country club, but a church that's a hospital for the broken and the hurting, a rehab center that's helping people get back on their feet that have fallen in a leadership academy that raises up people into their destiny and calling and launches them in to make eternal impact for people's lives. Man. Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray for you and let you go in just a second. You may feel a little challenged this morning. I'd say good because I had to. I have to. As God brought this word to us. We love you, Jesus. Father, we just come right now. We thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for your words. I thank you, Lord, for challenging us, enlarging us, God. And Lord, Lord, I'm just asking right now, your spirit would come in this room. Enlarge us to think big for you. God, I, I ask, enlarge our hearts, Lord Jesus, for people who need you. And Lord, Lord enlarge our leaders. Drop vision in their hearts. Drop that in each person in here. God, we love you, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you called us, that you planned us, and you've put us here to be a beacon of hope to people all around us, God. Father, I thank you, and I bless each person that's here today, God. I pray that your favor would surround them like a shield, God. Father, I pray that even right now they would sense that you are before them, you are behind them, you are with them, Lord Jesus. And Father, Lord, we love you, Lord God, and help us, Lord God, to live a life that's worthy of the call that you've called us to, Lord God. And help us to be a church, God, that you can trust, God. It says in your word that your eyes run to and fro to see who you might display your power through. I pray your eyes would be able to stop right here in Beckendorf Junior High School, of all places. And say, I'm gonna use those people to make my name great because they're not about themselves, they're about me. And 
That's what we want, Lord Jesus. I'm asking our prayer team to come down. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be here for you. But Father, I just bless. I pray that we'd extend your kingdom in all we do. You'd anoint us with your power, God. And more than any of it, enlarge our heart. Enlarge our minds. And God, we'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand real quick? That's awesome. Hey, if you are interested in that small group leader training, you can fill this out, put a check on that. You can put it on one of the tables out there, leave it in your chair. We'll come pick it up. Other than that, we love you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Hey, I'll see you next week. Come see my pastor. You're going to absolutely love it. God bless you. You're dismissed. If you need prayer, we're here.